Hi, everybody. Jose Palomino here with another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. And our guest today is an expert on entrepreneurship, having been one herself, an author of a great book on the topic. Her name is Jan Cavell. Uh, we'll be talking to her and sharing with her her experiences, her insights on how to scale for success. So listen closely as Jan show, joins our show right now. Welcome, Jan, to Business Growth on Purpose. Thank you so very much. It's lovely to be here. Well, Jan, for our audience, uh, just tell us a little bit about what you do and who you do it for. I would love to, absolutely. I'm, I was an entrepreneur myself. I am now an author, and I also I've, I write blogs, and I help entrepreneurs wherever I can avoid some of the pitfalls that I certainly fell into. Um, I've run a business for nearly 20 years. So, you know, it, it lasted the course within reason, but I was very ignorant and made a lot of mistakes along the way. So, so you know, why not learn and share those with others? Right. And, and it's interesting you say those pitfalls, right? They, they are, it's always interesting to me, especially when I deal with very young entrepreneurs, you know, very smart, like brighter than a, shinier than a brand new quarter. Uh, and they're somehow they, they believe, and I think this is part of what helps an entrepreneur be an entrepreneur, that those things don't apply to them exactly, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But have you but found it, that those pitfalls are pretty common to everybody on this journey, more or less? I think they are. I mean, I think that there are different pitfalls that different people fall into. I mean, for example, I know you were B2B sales, uh, and so was I. And so I managed to avoid the sales pitfall. We always had lots of work. Um, but, you know, which not everybody does, that can affect some people, you know, so it plays to your strengths a bit, I think. You know, if you're weak at finances or planning, then you might get into trouble with that or, or whatever. But, but yeah, the same ones crop up. You know, you might score two out of three if you're unlucky, you know, or, or whatever. But, but the same ones come up again and again. Well, what's interesting about that is uh, just the way you phrase that, like we, we play to our strengths, right? So we, we like the things, we like to do the things we like to do. But when you run a business, you often have to do or make sure things get done, whether you like them or not. <laughs> true. <laughs> like firing Very taxes, true. paying payroll taxes on time, things like that. They actually matter. Yeah. They do. Yeah. I mean, the red tape of business, which of course, it's usually anathema to entrepreneurs because, you know, we all like to do all the fun things, um, you know, and the red tape is, is fairly heavyweight these days. And yeah, if they do matter, you get into a lot of trouble if you don't do it. If you don't do it. So so let's let's look at that. Uh, your, your most recent book that's been published is called Scale for Success. So I love that title. I think that's, that's great. Um, not everybody who starts a business has a big vision. But most have some sort of vision where they want to get to. And it's usually somewhere beyond where they are now. Right. So it's like some next step, whatever that is. You know, for some, it's like we'll triple in size. And for some, it's we like 10 percent growth annually it would be very nice. Thank you very much. Yeah. So scaling is uh, is an interesting topic because a lot of times people get into businesses because they're good at the thing, whatever that thing is. Right. If you're a good mm -hmm. If you work for a PR firm, you say, I can have my own PR firm. So then also you have your own PR firm. Now you're hiring PR agents, right? I mean, that's just a simple little illustration. So Absolutely. what do you see as being like the, the things you look for if you talk to an owner, to an entrepreneur, 
that would tell you they're thinking about scaling in the right way and maybe might also signal to you that they're not looking at scaling correctly? That's a, that's a really good question. I mean, I think the first thing that I always hone in on is how much of a plan they've got, because when it comes to scaling, it's, it's, as you say, you know, there's a difference, huge difference between business growth and scaling. But with scaling, you have to have a really robust strategy, you know, and if they're wandering in and thinking, oh, well, you know, we'll grow, you know, oh, well, if we double in size, I'll make double the money. And that sounds fun. And it's going to be jolly easy because X, Y, and Z, you know, then they, they haven't got a clue. They haven't mapped it all out. They haven't looked at resources they'll need or anything else. Um, and also on the flip side, they may not have a very clear idea of why they want to do it. It's, it sounds like a good thing. It's become very fashionable. Uh, you know, whereas, in fact, it's not for everybody. It's not for every business. Well, I think those two. Yeah, no, go, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jane. No, no, no. I was, I was saying, I think those two, first and foremost, I was just winding up, so it's fine. Well, yeah, so, so what's interesting about that is uh, I've met business owners who have, for a number of years, had a nice, healthy business. And, you know, they make, they, they're able to provide for their families. And able to take half of, you know, uh, a Friday half day off in the afternoon, right? And they've been doing that for a couple of years. They're not really thinking about scaling and any, you know, they like more growth because who would want more money if you think, if that's how you see it. You do. But, but, but I, I often ask them, I said, do you really have fire in the belly to drive this business the way you did 10 years ago or 20 years ago when you got to this plateau? Because that's what it's going to take and more because you've been plateaued for a long time. So, so, you know, that's, that's one of the interesting things. So, so Jen, what, what are some things, let's say if you're looking at a business owner, that's, you know, let's say a contract manufacturer sitting at $5 million a year. Um, and they say, well, I want to be twice as big. What are, what are some of the things you want to ask them to, to know? It's like kind of like pre-flight check checklist before they start, <laughs> they hit the runway. Absolutely. I'd ask them why, because I completely agree with you that, you know, this vague idea of, oh, let's make a bit more money is a crazy way of doing it because they're going to sacrifice a lot to even attempt it. I'd ask them how long they are willing to do it for, because I think it's best done, and, and this is not just my experience, but from talking to others, I think building a business like that is best done on a fairly fixed timescale, knowing that you want to get out again. I don't think scaling is something to be done to stay in forever or not for most people. It, it's simply too intensive and in many ways too big a risk, actually, um, you know, because businesses, however good they are, have ups and downs. And it's pretty heartbreaking to build it all the way up and then sit there at the end of it all and watch it go down again. Um, so, so I think timescale is really important. Um, and I'd ask them probably about people next, because, again, there's a huge difference between the lovely people who you started off with, who are terribly skilled and they've been there forever and there's nothing they don't know about the business. And then, you know, you'll talk to them about anything because you trust them. And that sounds great, doesn't it? But in actual fact, 
they are not going to provide the skill set that is going to take you mm. way up fast because you need more skill set and very specific skill set about experience in, in scaling um, than, than your lovely cozy people um, who may not actually be that interested in scaling, but you've had forever anyway. So I think that's the next most important. So that, Jan, that, that also, it's interesting you talk about people because I, I have found that as well, especially for companies that have been together. They're like, they, they'll use terms like they're like family. Yes. Right. right. Absolutely. So and, and I think they're sincere. They, they, they mm. like the idea they're providing for all these families and they see themselves as some benefactor in a, in a sense, business as benefactor. And that's, and I always tell them, I said, that's your prerogative. If that's how you want to spend your money, that's fine. But Joe can't sell. And yeah. So we're going to need somebody who can sell, you know, or, or this person can't lead. Uh, they're a good individual contributor, but they're not going to be able to run a department. They don't have what it takes to do that. And that's hard medicine for a lot of owners to reconcile. Does so that mean I have to fire Joe? I said, well, maybe we find a place for Joe if that's really important to you. But he's using up $125,000 a year of resource. Yeah. And he's not getting the job done. So you decide if that's that's your earnings that you're giving Joe for being a nice guy from the early days when he was when you were starting out. Do you find similar? And I'm just curious if culturally, I, I know you work in, and you can work anywhere and you can advise owners anywhere in the world. But I'm, I'm always curious about cross cultural things like U.S. versus U.K. in terms of business culture. Is that any different? I think it is. I think the US is more, uh, well, you, that's, you know, that's quite a challenging question too. Excellent question, come on, just say. Um, but um, I think the US is on the whole more driven and more focused on success still to this day. There's that sort of like cultural gap that the, you know, the Brits don't like to talk too much about it. It's still a bit, you know, not the right thing to talk about. Um, but but I think most of all, I see what's going on at the moment is, is this big shift, um, and this perhaps is particularly in Australia, but it, it's going coming everywhere, of companies wanting to balance the impact they're having, or entrepreneurs wanting to balance the impact they're having with making money, and struggling to get them, themselves and their teams in a right mindset to be able to reconcile the two because i think that's that's an increasingly important problem for people that that you know a lot of them surface set off as non-profits it's about roughly the same as you have in the u.s but uh, I, I think it is but it's sort of set up but but it's, it's sort of not quite charitable they're a proper business but but wherever profits and the good comes first and find that they're not focused enough on being good businesses and if you can be more successful you can have more impact and it takes them a while to get their head around that so i think that's one of the big challenges that's happening everywhere now um, well i think it also it also connects with um jan with just the, the thought of uh, the generational <laughs> shift right so it, it, this has been yeah. written by a lot smarter people than me but just that the 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 newer people coming out of college now are looking for at least they start off more idealistic i think they're looking for work with meaning and yeah. and you know in my generation is like work with a paycheck <laughs> yes mine too <laughs> you know, absolutely it's like, that's fine you know what i mean and then i'll choose the work i yeah. want to do 
Um, so I think there, there is a generational shift in terms of owners having to find ways to appeal to staff mm. with non-monetary appeal as well. You know, things that are purpose-driven, things how we're going to affect, you know, even things like how we affect the planet and all that Absolutely. stuff. Is, even in small companies, I'm seeing this being something they have to deal with. It's not that the owner necessarily wants to deal with it, but they find they kind of have to at least talk the language of it. I think that's right, very much so. Um, and, and, you know, also there's so many changes to leadership. We've got a big sort of focus on mental health now mm-hmm. um, and looking after our team's mental health and that combining that with growth is another challenge because obviously you're going to encourage people who want to walk, walk talk, but talk and, and change and develop fast. And not everybody's cut out for that. And, you know, some will not find it um, the right place for them, shall I say. Well, you know, what's interesting, though, is um, yet it still comes down to, unless you have a profitable business, all those aspirational goals uh, will never come to pass. You can't, exactly. you, you know, a, a money losing business cannot impact the planet positively <laughs> because it'll cease to exist. I mean, it's something Exactly. Point. So, and I think I think that's absolutely right, and I think that's one of the challenges that's coming to the forefront because people, uh, you know, as you said, the sort of young, intel- very intelligent people are coming in and thinking that you know that there are different priorities and and it should be all about impact, and it, and it just can't be. You, you know, you have to pay the bills as well. Well, I think, and especially in the context of true entrepreneurism. So, for example, mm. if, if if I go to work for Google as a, you know, just graduated with a computer science degree or whatever. I have a son in college right now studying computer science and physics. So he might work, wow. who knows, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, and you kind of walk into that assuming Google has all the money you'll ever need and will ever need into the future. So as an employee, you're not really thinking, you almost think, why aren't we more missionally focused? Why aren't we more socially conscious? Because after all, we're yeah. printing money. And to some degree, that's true of Google. And it's true of maybe 20 companies on the planet Earth that are somewhat impervious to the vagaries of the economy, right? You know, Google, mm-hmm. Apple, you know, Microsoft, mostly in the tech space, right? Yeah. But for the entrepreneurial business, that same young person joining that entrepreneurial business, it's a difference, you know, no, there isn't this giant bank of cash that you could pull into, you know, it's like, it's like we make it or we don't make it. So yeah. that's an interesting thing. But you know, which makes me think about like things people say. You you recently wrote a, a blog post, and I'll link it in the show notes for this show as well, on two pieces of bad advice that you particularly responded to. I'd like you to just expand on that a little bit because I think that's really useful for our for our listeners. Well, I know the first one was um, that it, you know you shouldn't this concept we have that. Um, you know, you can do things like like start a business any old time, mm-hmm. you know, and Colonel Sanders started at whatever it was, 67, and good on him. But not everybody at 67 is up to building an empire, you right. know, and you don't know what the future uh, is going to hold, you know. It could could be anything in, in health or family or financial or whatever, I, you know, and I think this, this concept of, you know, take your time about it, we all procrastinate enough in life and I think it's really important if you want something badly enough to focus and get on with it and and go for it seize seize the day okay all right that's it I think that's 
you know, we, we see just in the last three years, you know, with COVID, how radically the world was transformed. Um, even even my, my practice, how much I do now, uh, let's say I used to do maybe 10% of my work through remote. Hmm. Now it's 95% of my work yeah. I do remote. And, and what had to happen was, uh, I mean, we've had technology like this for a long time. We had WebEx, GoToMeeting, all those things existed. But owners that I dealt with were kind of, said, no, just come into the office, you know, come on, you know, like it wasn't something yeah. they were that game for. Now they got used to it because they were talking to their grandkids on Zoom and Teams and so on. So we're all kind of there now. That's one of the big changes, but just how fast things change. So you're saying the advice that, hey, take your time, you can do it anytime is bad advice because we really got to do carpe diem. We have to seize the day. I think so. I do. Um, I'm a great believer in that. I think otherwise there's this danger we're left with regrets at the end, which uh, is not a good idea. Wow. Well, well, Jan, uh, just a quick, I just want to loop back briefly for Scale for Success. If somebody were to um, to read that book, what kind of, what would you say, read it because you're going to get these three or four things out of it. What, what would be the main things they'd get out of reading that book? The, your wisdom that you've put together in this, in this, I love books because they're like a package of wisdom in, in a, in a for, in something you can absorb pretty quickly. Well, I'm on, with, with Scale for Success, um, I wanted to put together a, 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 some examples of people I'd learned from or had learned from already and knew that it'd be, become very successful and scale well. Uh, as examples of, you know, how to do this well. So I think people can learn an awful lot from reading their stories and advice. There's, there's 30 of them, some, some from the US um, and some from the UK, obviously. And, um, you know, they're, they're all very honest. That was, that was part of the deal when I talked to them there, you know, they're honest about the mistakes they made and the challenges. And I think there's an air of that. Um, as well, and and they'll be, you know, if somebody enjoys it, there'll be more coming in in the second book, which um, it start for success, and it comes out in January, because of course, since scale came out, there's there's huge amounts of changes, and life's moved on, as you rightly say, because it came out just at the beginning of the pandemic. So I wanted to put a lot a lot more in as well. So there's both. Okay, so these are there's like a get the complete set, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, absolutely. You could, you could do. No, that, that, that's great. So, so Jan, uh, just thinking out at, you know, over the next couple of years, right? The world is still in a very fluxy kind of situation, right? So, Isn't it just? So, yes. So somebody runs a business and say, well, is this the time to scale? Is it ever, is it, is the time to scale based on external factors? Like the market looks right for it? Or is it primarily driven by, what I as an owner want to do or see and accomplish? I think that's an element of both. I mean, I don't think you can do it without the market being right. But on the other hand, you know, I saw some phenomenal pivots during COVID, you know, so who's to say you can't take your business and adapt as you go along and survive if you want to badly enough. But, but you certainly have to, at some point, find the market that's going to go with you to scale. Otherwise, you're just going to run out of runway altogether. Right. So the market is the runway, basically. And yeah, maybe, well, but it's going to give you the cash runway. Just, 
but you still need runway. I mean, you just just because you have the plane doesn't mean you can take off uh, to <laughs> kill to kill the metaphor completely. So no, that's that's fantastic. Well, well, Jan, first of all, thank you for stopping by Business Growth on Purpose. Really appreciate, love talking about entrepreneurship. And, and this is such a, it's, it's a really tricky topic because it's not just what you want. Like you said, it's a combination of what you want, what the market's doing, some tough decisions you have to make. And I know you've worked hard to make that uh, easier for people. So if somebody listening to this wanted to know more about you, your work, talk to you, where should they go on the web to find you? Absolutely. I would love to hear from them. It is, uh, I'm at HTTPS or whatever we say these days, but it's very easy. It's just my name, Jan Cavell and .co.uk. So if you remember, I'm in the UK, jancavell.co.uk. And for listeners, we'll have that linked uh, on the show notes as well, but jancavell.co.uk. You'll find Jan. All right. Fantastic. Jan, thank you so much for stopping by. We really appreciate it. My absolute pleasure. It's been a really nice conversation. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. If you like the show, hit subscribe and leave us a review to help other people find the podcast. And if you're ready to take the next step in driving intentional growth for your business, come check out what we're doing at valueprop.com. We've developed industry-leading programs and systems to help B2B owners take control of their growth. Until then, thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose.